Hello everyone, Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Yes, good evening everybody. Welcome to another episode of the 14 Yards NFL podcast. I'm your host tonight, Josh Henwood. Uh, Sean is currently on holiday, so it is, it's just the two of us, Steve, tonight. A little romantic little loving on this first evening of September, just as the NFL season is upon us. How are you tonight, sir? It is. It's just the two of us. Little date night, I guess. We had to uh, we had to find some time to get some of these uh, divisional previews done, and we've reached the. I think we've reached the point in the uh, in the calendar where we get to some of the divisions that are not quite as exciting this time around, which is strange considering one of them is the NFC West, which last year was the uh, the hype division, shall we say? I think that's certainly been moved over to the AFC counterpart this year. But yeah, um, we'll get we'll get into it. Um, obviously the. Uh, Cutdowns have all just happened, so fresh rosters and 53-man squads are all ready, or pretty much ready with most teams, and we are literally a week away from opening day. One week today. One week today. Goodness, yes. Bills, Rams next week. Speaking of NFC West, of course, with the Rams obviously hosting that season opener. Probably the best season opener that we've had for a long time. And I include uh, Patriots Chiefs, for example, in that, which was a few years back. Um, I mean, even Cowboys Bucks last year seemed like a pretty good fixture. But Bills, Rams seems to have something else to it. That's a corker, isn't it? That could that could potentially be the Super Bowl game. Like that's that's how good of a game that is. It really know? could. Yeah, we could actually just do away with the next three months and just <laughs> see us two wins that one. That, that way, at the very least, you get fresh legs. Although it would be interesting to see if it is the Super Bowl, just yeah. how many of the same players are lining yes. up either side. Exactly. Oh, brilliant. I mean, I might actually put a cheeky fiver on that now, you say, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that could easily be the case. But uh, no no NFC West just yet. That will be our next podcast, of which we'll be... Uh, which we'll be putting live in a day or two's time. Um, but today we are talking NFC North. Uh, a- a- NFC North first, so obviously, same situation as always, Steve. We're going to split it between us tonight, obviously, with it just being the two of us. The Green Bay Packers, obviously, winning the division last year, 13 and 4. Minnesota Vikings, 8 and 9. Chicago Bears, 6 and 11. And the Lions, 3, 13 and 1. That one was almost not included in the season guide the other day until I remember that a tie did actually occur in the uh, in the NFL for yet another year. So I had to quickly dash and put that on before it went out to the printers. But we live and learn. We live and learn. Um, Steve, you get the exciting one today, bud. You get the Green Bay Packers. You you won the lottery. You won the draw. And uh, <laughs> you get to talk about probably the the more interesting of the... Uh, actually, I wouldn't say the more interesting, but more the more successful, shall we say, of the four. So if you want to give a just a brief overview as to uh, what the Packers have been up to this summer. 
Yeah, so obviously we start in the north with the Packers, as it feels like we do every year. Um, Amazingly, I saw a stat the other day that they still don't hold the most NFC North titles. The Bears still hold that from back in the the Bears when the Bears Bears were actually good. (laughs) Um, But I think that will probably be eclipsed soon enough because this Packers team is like a machine. They just roll on and on. And like you say, there's, there's not a huge amount of change in Green Bay this year, but I think there's enough to take notice. And obviously the biggest thing that they've changed is, is the loss of Devontae Adams. Now, we covered that last week with the team he went to in Las Vegas. Um, but I think that loss is is massive. And I think we are that a lot of people are underplaying just how important that's going to be for Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Um, because, you know, they had such good chemistry together. They played together for four or five years. And they, they were so good together that losing not only Devontae Adams, but also um, Marcus Valdez-Scantling left as well. So you yep. could argue that Rodgers has lost his number one and number two or three receiver. And, you know, when when you're experienced as Aaron Rodgers is and you've been playing in Green Bay for as long as you have, replacing those guys is is difficult. Um, you know, you don't just replace Devontae Adams. We all know how good he is. And it's not as simple as just plugging and playing another guy in there. So I think the biggest questions in Green Bay this year is going to be who's going to fill that that sort of hole in, in the receiving room. Um you know, they picked up second round of Christian Watson in the draft. Um, intriguing talent there. Um, they Sammy Watkins is now on the Packers. They picked him up in free agency. It feels like Sammy Watkins has played for almost every team in the NFL at some stage. That, in his that seems to have completely escaped the radar, though. That seems yeah. that, that that was one of those pickups of which yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I'm trying to think back to it now and just think when did that happen? But yes, it did indeed happen. Watkins is now yeah. on Green Bay. Yeah, if you look at their wide receiver depth chart now, they've got uh, Alan Lazard is still there, so obviously there's a little bit of continuity. Uh, Sammy Watkins, um, Christian Watson, uh, Randall Cobb is still there somehow. I didn't even know he was still playing. <laughs> I know that I know that um, Rogers made one of his prerequisites of signing his deal last year was that they signed Randall Cobb back from Houston. That's and right. Yes, and, and then he completely the fell flat, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, did almost nothing last year. Um, uh, and Amari Rogers as well. So he's got quite a young receiving room. And I've, seen, I've I've read some stuff coming out of their training camp about how Rogers was going to be tough on these receivers and he wants them to, you know, he's not going to be easy on them and he wants them to get up to speed pretty quickly. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that transforms into game time. Um, because not only have they lost uh, members on the field, but they've also lost people off the field. Um, obviously, they've lost... Um, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, he's gone off to to Denver to join Russell Wilson. Um, Luke Getsky, who's their QB coach, um, uh, has gone off to Chicago. I mean, you could potentially argue how much does Green Bay need a QB coach when you've got Aaron Rodgers under center, but here True. we go. Um, so there's a bit of there's a bit of turnover in the offense and in, in the in the coaching staff as well. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that changes and, and the constant questions around David Bakhtiari, obviously uh, a long-standing member of the Packers in that offensive line um he's, he's had some some issues injury wise over the last sort of 12 20 months or so is he going to be is he going to be ready for the for the full season is he going to be able to play a full season um if if they have health across that offensive line it is one of the best units in the league and that will be beneficial to rogers if they can get that going um and they can give him time with these young receivers then you know who knows it's it's a bit of an unknown unknown quantity in green bay and if they can um if they can mimic the output that they had with their previous setup, then they'll, they'll do well. And I think they obviously obviously have the benefit of being in the NFC North where their closest challenges are probably going to be the Vikings. And even then, you know, can the Vikings usurp the, the Packers? Probably not. Um, 
Um, so yeah, the, I think their offense will still be pretty good. When you've got Aaron Rodgers on the center, there's there's only so much you can decrease in in quality as long as he's playing well and as long as he's connecting with his receivers, which I'm sure he will. Um, and then on their defense as well, the the way that they've um, reloaded on defense in the draft was quite interesting. The the Packers have got a really good record of drafting well in the first round. You know, if you look at some of their pickups over the last few years, uh, J.R. Alexander. Uh, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Eric Stokes, they they draft well on defense. They always have. Um, and so if they're gonna if they're so good at it, roll the dice again, do it again. So they picked up their two first rounders this year. They picked up K uh, Key Walker, K Walker, linebacker out of Georgia. Um, and they picked up Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, um, both part of that of that um championship winning side. So, you know, you've got two winners there coming into a to an already strong defense. That's, that's just going to be beefed up further with that addition. So, whilst there's been a bit of um, a bit of turnover in in uh, Green Bay this season, this off season with with key pieces moving around, the the, the, the core of the team is still the same. Um, and if they can just replicate the the production that they got out of Devontae Adams elsewhere, they might not necessarily be one guy. I think it would be more like two or three receivers. Mm-hmm. Then um, then I think they'll probably still be in with a good season. Obviously, you've already got Aaron Jones, who signed that monster contract last year, and AJ Dillon, who I think is a really interesting sort of Swiss Army knife out of the backfield as well. So, you know, this Green Bay Packers team is good. Um, I don't think that if had Rodgers have gone, as a lot of people thought he would, um, this would be a different conversation because I don't think Jordan Love is anywhere near the caliber of Aaron Rodgers um but he didn't and he's still there and I think starting wise this is one of the the one of the best if not you know top two or three rosters in the NFC um and they'll definitely be in the conversation for that elusive NFC championship game once again yeah there's uh there's definitely a call for that there was a few things in there of which uh is interesting of which is always the case with uh the packers um i found it really really quite interesting that uh they don't have the most nfc north titles but there's a yeah. there's another fact of which uh which is buried within that as well uh which is that the chicago bears currently are the winningest team in nfl history in terms of games won but wow. But they are only one game ahead of the Green Bay Packers, of which means that they could be eclipsed on week one and they can be usurped on week two, where <laughs> the Green Bay Packers host the Chicago Bears. Oh, I Monday Night Football as well. On Monday Night Football to be usurped for the torch to be passed on Monday night football at Lambeau Field. (laughs) I mean, the NFL does such a great job, I think, in terms of the schedule writing, because it knows the stories of which are going to happen. They practically just write the scripts for the broadcasters at this point. And that's definitely one of them. The Bears can obviously um, stop that in its tracks if they beat San Francisco at home week one uh i mean you've got i mean we'll come on to the bears obviously later on but that's uh that's a bit of a long shot but that's that's a nice early target to go after for the packers and then alan lazard being uh you know you you mentioned oh and he's still on the team well according to aaron Rodgers earlier on in uh otas i think it was he uh he called him uh a next hall of fame talent after uh, Devontae Adams 
um, I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, he said something <laughs> along the lines of, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's not too difficult to go from one Hall of Fame wide receiver to another. <laughs> I mean, it does. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it does make you wonder about how many receivers there are out there that are sort of living under a shadow. You know, because if you've got mm. a natural number one talent like Devonte Adams, and I'm I'm certainly not trying to play down Adams's talent because he's obviously an exceptionally good receiver. If you've got someone on the team like Alan Azard, who obviously is talented. If, if Adams is all of a sudden out the door and Lazard is going to get more targets, that's more of a chance to him to shine. So Rogers has got a point. He might well, you know, whether or not he can produce that, I don't know. But yeah, I think certainly there's something to be said for receivers sort of living under a shadow, especially when there's two or three on the field at once at any one time. So, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I quite liked Lazard last season in any case. I thought that he came up with some really good grabs. Um, I mean, Valdez Scantling, you know, him going off to Kansas. I was uh, I was on a podcast for the Believe in Brits podcast the other day and I spoke about I, I spoke about Valdez Scantling quite highly to the uh, to, to the shock of uh, of my co-hosts. But, um, you know, I thought that Rogers really got the best out of him over there as well. So I think that the Packers are actually sneaky blessed when it came to receivers last year. Obviously, they're going to have to um, rejigger how it works this year. But it's not like Sammy Watkins is a, is a bad wide receiver in any case. No. You know, to be no. able to boast Sammy Watkins is uh, no mean feat when it comes to, uh, especially when you got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, as you say. The defense yeah. seems to seem, seems to have not taken a backward step. But when you look at the roster overall, after we said all of that, would you say they're around the same as last year? Do you reckon they've regressed slightly? Is there a little bit of that NFC North complacency almost, which is something which you see more in like basketball and conferences or anything like that? I think, obviously, they lost to Darius Smith on the defensive line as well, which is big. Mm. But overall, I think their defence has gotten better. I think um, the addition of Devontae Wyatt is massive uh, in that sort of... Um, Sort of nose tackle, defensive tackle role. Um, Key Walker will be it'll be big to go alongside Devondra Campbell and Preston Smith. Um, and then obviously their backfield is really good. Jay Alexander, Adrian Amos, Daniel Savage, Eric Stokes. That's one of the best in the NFC, I think, potentially even the NFL. That's really really good. And I think because of Aaron Rodgers and the the, the flair that he comes with, a lot of people always forget about the Packers defense. But the Packers defense is really good. I'm a little concerned at, at pressuring the quarterback as to whether or not that where that's going to come from without Smith. But Smith didn't have a great year last year anyway. Um, so perhaps they don't need that so much. But I think overall this. This roster is very similar. I think it's got slightly better, which is interesting to be able to say that when they've lost Devontae Adams. But yeah. you know, they've they've kept a lot of other key components there. And I think it's just going to be interesting to see how Matt LaFleur manages to replace Nathaniel Hackett, um, but also the production of Adams. And if they can do that and spread the ball around, you know, you could say this Packers team has got almost four gimmies. Almost, you know, there's no such thing as a gimme in the NFL, but they play the Lions and the and the Bears twice, and they'll probably win four of those. And I'm sure they'll pick up one or two wins against the Vikings as well. So that always stands the Packers in good stead. And I mean, on that, their roster, that their roster, their schedule is actually really quite um, up and down. You know, they start as you said, Minnesota, Chicago. They've got games against Tampa Bay, um, Buffalo, Dallas, Philadelphia. Um, Tennessee, the Rams, you know, but then they've also got games against both New York teams, um, obviously all of their divisional games, Washington, um, 
Uh, they can never really calm so, down, can they? They can never really yeah, calm down. And it's also a late buy as well. It's one of those really awful 14. late buys, week 14. Yeah. I would still pencil yeah, them no. to have a, have a strong winning record there. They finished 12-5 and five last year. I wouldn't put that past them. Um, you know, the, the tough, tough games there are going to be Tampa, Buffalo, Dallas, Philadelphia maybe, um, and Los Angeles. Apart from that, I, they're, they're very, very winnable in the rest of the game. So, yeah, I'd say you, you're probably looking, I'd say 11-6, and 12-5, and five, I'd say. Well, it's interesting you say it because what I was going to do was something a little bit different, seeing as the uh, season guide is now literally in my hands, I can start to do this sort of thing. The uh, the chaps over at the uh, the betting part of our uh, of our group, fourteen yards betting, they've uh, done their uh, their opinions on the win totals and a player prop and a best bet. And I was going to get your quick fire thoughts, literally just yes, no, well, just over under. So over ten and a half wins, yes or no. Yes, over. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Jones, five and a half rushing touchdowns. Rushing. Interesting. I'd say, I'd probably say yes, um, but he acts a lot as a, as a multi-tool weapon. So some of those could come catching the ball as well. Yeah. AJ Dillon over five and a half rushing touchdowns. No. Mm. Betting's got that as, uh, mm. but Betting's got that as an over there, so that's a nice little bit of argy bargy. And then just mm. a j- just a little one as an aside. How far do you reckon they go? Gun to your head. What stage of the playoffs do they get to? Championship game. Championship, Championship game, I think, and then a lost. I think, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think there are. They, they. It's going to be a, a, a what this NFC is loaded at the top. Not necessarily through the through, as we've discussed plenty of times, but like the AFC, yeah. where there's you know eight or nine teams that you could potentially see making a playoff run. I think in the NFC, there's probably three or four realistically that you could see making a deep run, and I think the Packers are one of those. Um, but like you said last year, the, the Packers are a bit of a almost like a choke artist. Like since Rogers won in 2009, was it or 2011? Um, they just cannot get back there. They cannot get back there, and it's 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 a long-standing thing that they cannot seem to break. So, be interesting to see if they can. But yeah, I think championship game and bust. Yeah, and yet people still don't want to hear that they're choke artists, and yet we see it year on year. It's but then again, summer. if they. If they can get the number one seed, which has eluded them for a little while, hosting a championship game at the end of January in Lambeau, that's a different proposition for a lot of these teams. Could you imagine playing in LA and having to go to Lambeau in January? That sounds awful. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Didn't didn't Tampa go to didn't Tampa have to go to Green Bay for their Super Bowl run? Didn't didn't that go through Lambeau? I feel like it did. Uh, awesome let me player. take a quick look yeah. at that. That was the 2020 season. So, NFC yeah, Championship quite, game. Quite possibly, because that was the, the final was at Tampa, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at their home stadium. Yeah, of which makes me think, oh, come on. this uh, Google is not being my friend tonight, folks. Buccaneers versus Packers. And that makes it sound to me like it was, yep, Lambeau Field. There we yeah. go. So, uh, they're choke artists even at home. <laughs> but... <laughs> But again, if I speak, if I speak, yes. Right, moving it to the uh, to the other part of the Midwest now. It's over to Minnesota. I'll take this one for you, Steve. You can have a rest and uh, get, get <laughs> take some fluid on board. You've uh, you've done yourself proud there. So the Vikings eight and nine last year. Um, I think that 
realistically the main thing for the Vikings this year, and it's something of which was definitely echoed in the summary of which I got from the UK and Ireland Minnesota Vikings fan club for you know in their submission as well, is that this is more about progress with the team they have. The fact of moving away from Mike Zimmer, who has finally vacated the building, um, of which he had the head coaching job since 2014. You, that's actually quite mad that a coach is still around at a team for you know eight years. You know that's that's a long time in this business, and I think that it just ended up getting to a point where it was all just too conservative, too mundane, too found out. Um, and it was hurting everybody, realistically. Um, Kevin O'Connell comes in for him, of which uh, is something done in tandem with a new GM as well, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. Remember the name, folks. He comes from the Andrew Berry school of, uh, of GMs. He came up through Cleveland and uh, sent across on his way that way. Realistically, though, in terms of the summer, it's been quite a quiet one for the for the Vikings. It's been more about trying to keep as many people in the building than anything else. Um, yeah, so the main thing, and you discussed it earlier on with the Packers, Steve, is the introduction of Zadaria Smith to the D-line. That is going to really add some teeth to a defensive line that you know did not do too much last year. Uh, they still have all their weapons on offense. Kirk Cousins, well, you call him a weapon, but maybe in the British sense and not the American sense half the time. But <laughs> he's still a he's still a very good passer of the football. People seem to forget that you know Kirk Cousins. Um, he only had seven interceptions last year. He's ranked top four in, uh, in quarterbacks in terms of passer rating and top 10 in terms of passing yards and yards per game. You know, he's a consistent passer. I think he just needs a better a better playbook to go to go after and really go after, you know, the, you know, Justin Jefferson for example. I imagine that him with a more aggressive playbook would do a hell of a lot better and then that opens up Dalvin Cook more on the run. They have exciting guys on this team and I feel like the Vikings have been the forgotten men for far too long. It's about just trying to be competitive, I think, against the Packers. Like you say, the Packers are probably about an 11-12 win team. The Vikings last year were 8-9, and nine, could easily have been 10-7 and seven if things had gone their way. You look at that first week one game, for example, against the Bengals, that should have been a Vikings win. There was a couple of um, against Arizona. They also lost out because of a bit of Kyler magic at the end. You know, there's there there was a lot of what ifs with the Vikings last year, and the the emphasis is on we've we've got we've got something good here. We can keep you know we can see if we can actually go on and make a push with what we've got. Um, in terms of the draft, the the Vikings were even boring in the draft. They decided to <laughs> trade back from their position. They actually traded with the Lions an in-division trade. So they um, picked right at the end of the draft, the 32nd pick in the first round. Uh, Lewis Sign, I think it's Sign, not Cena. Um, you know, safety, which was desperately needed, really. Um, they didn't know if... Uh, that they didn't know if they were going to get a full complement back actually in terms of 
their safeties and DBs in any case, but Patrick Peterson did come back, for example. So they are actually looking a little bit more confident now in terms of their secondary. Uh, yeah, realistically, that's about it in terms of the Vikings in, you know, for what they, you know, what they bring to the table. I think that they have a chance of tickling the postseason because like you say the nfc is stacked at the top not in the middle and with seven teams being able to go up from each each conference you know all you have to do is be on the right side of middle and you know you you have the chance to be battered by the rams yeah absolutely and i think if you're if you're a vikings fan this year you've got to be looking at this and thinking we're, we are free from the defensive mind of, of Mike Zimmer. And I, don't get me wrong, I think Mike Zimmer is a really good defensive mind. But I think you are right. He was holding back that offense and they've never quite had the, the same sort of offensive production. And they, they had a few runs in the playoffs um, um, back in sort of 2017, 2018. I know the Eagles beat them in the playoffs in 2017 on their Super Bowl run. Um, so they famously have been a team that have been up and around, you know, the, the, the Brett Favre days. You know, they've been up there and around the playoffs. And they, if you're a Vikings fan this year, you've got to be looking and thinking, yeah, we could definitely get into the playoffs. And I think for the Vikings, that's got to be a goal this year. They have to be looking at playoffs because uh, the change in head coach, I think, is massive. I think um, that could potentially unlock... Um, Kirk Cousins and I've always been a bit of a Kirk Cousins uh, non-believer. I don't, I think he's the worst quarterback to have in the league, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Is because Kirk Cousins gives you a certain level of production, but he's not a high ceiling kind of guy. He's not a guy that's going to be top five in the league in all the stats. So if you have Kirk Cousins, he's the perfect guy to just tick along. But he's also not. He's never going to be bottom of the league either. He's a middle of the road guy. So you're constantly. So basically, there's never. Yeah. So basically, there's no getting out of the purgatory. Is what you're saying. You're you're constantly battling the decision of do we keep with someone who's okay, you know, middle of the road, sort of fairly average, never going to tear up any trees, but also never going to crash and burn, or do we roll the dice and, and try and see if we can get someone better. So it's like the worst problem to have. But I think this year, they, their offense is, is intriguing. You know, you look at that um, receiving core, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne. There's certainly worse receiving cores out there. That's pretty damn good in terms of the of the Vikings. And obviously, you know, you add Dalvin Cook to that. And that's a pretty, pretty um, tumultuous offensive attack there. Um, I think it's interesting some of the, the pickups they've made on defense as well. You mentioned Patrick Peterson coming back. Um, they also picked up Jordan Hicks, sort of um, a bit of a veteran linebacker. Darius Smith. Say, that's a name. That. Yeah, he used to be Philadelphia. Philadelphia drafted him before he went to, to um, Arizona. Um, Zadari Smith out of uh, Green Bay. Patrick Beeson, Chandler Sullivan. They also, like you said, they drafted a few players as well. Lewis Seen, as you said, out of Georgia. Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson, who I thought was a really intriguing prospect coming out. Um, I think that could be an intriguing uh, guy to watch in the backfield if he gets some snaps this year. Um, so, yeah, I think this Vikings team have got a lot of potential this year. Their schedule's fairly kind, shall I say, as well. Um, I'm sure you can yeah. sort of talk us through it a little bit, but I think their schedule's fairly kind. Yeah, so I can I can take you through that a little bit. So it starts off a little rough, especially if you're high on the Eagles, like my friend over here definitely is. Uh, so it starts off with Green Bay and then the Eagles, but then goes to uh, the Lions and then the Saints uh, in the UK. 
then Chicago, Miami, by early bye week, week seven, then Arizona, Washington, Buffalo, of which rough, and then Dallas as well. That's a bit of a rough patch after the bye. Uh, then New England, Jets, Lions, Indy, Giants. That's going to be their stretch. If they're going to do yeah. anything, they need to be able to get, I'd say, maybe four wins out of that stretch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then they finish with Green Bay, and then what could be a big game for the Vikings to finish on, which is the Bears. You know, they yeah. could well have to go into Soldier Field and look for that win. I think you look at this Viking schedule and you look at it and you think they've got games games against good teams that they probably won't win. They've got games against bad teams that they probably will win. It's how they're going to fare against the teams in and around them. You know, your, your Miamis, your Arizonas, your New Orleans, your Philadelphias, your Dallases, those types of teams, Indianapolis as well, that are going to be there or thereabouts of middle-of-the-road types of teams. If they can get good victories against those types of teams, you could definitely see Minnesota in the, in the playoffs. And I I mean, I think I think they will be a playoff team. Like you say, with seven spots, the NFC is weak in areas. Um, you know, you could certainly make a case for the Vikings being one of the teams coming out of the NFC so you North. Can definitely it. argue it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's play the prediction game again. I'll start off with my ones and then uh, ask you to chime in. So the the line is eight and a half wins. I think that they pip it by a half win i reckon they go nine and eight on the season i've just gone through that schedule like you say there'll be some of which they should win and they won't looking at you away game to the lions and also maybe that trip against the saints uh yeah. but those of which they'll probably pick up as well patriots maybe um looking at maybe arizona on an off week yeah. you know pick up a couple of those as well so i'd say about nine would you agree on that one if you're saying think, yeah, playoffs think, i'm probably looking at that line i think nine i think nine gets you into the playoffs on in the nfc this year i mean eight eight got into the playoffs a few years ago in the nfc <laughs> so i think nine gets you in yeah i don't think that we'll i don't know the nfc is one isn't it and no we're not going to get into that discussion today i've already put no. myself on the line far too much otherwise um justin jefferson over nine and a half receiving touchdowns i would say that if the vikings have a chance of getting to that nine ten win total they're probably going to need it yeah um, so I, yeah he had 10 last year so you would you would expect a repeat performance yeah, you'd hope so. Yeah, I mean, you know, top five wide receiver, you know, you'd, you'd expect yeah. it. If he's uh, going to put up the numbers that a lot of people think he should, then yeah, you'd think double-digit re- receiving touchdown should be there. Yeah, um, Dalvin Cook, uh, under over 1,150 and a half rushing yards. Oof. Tough one, that, yeah. Um, I, I mean, it depends he, on his health, doesn't it? Yeah, and it kind of depends on what they run this year as well as an offense. Mm. Obviously, under Mike Zimmer's offense, it's a bit more run and tight end heavy. You know, it's a bit mm. a la Stefanski, but, you know, yeah. we've, we've got a slightly different system. Apparently, Dalvin Cook did it in just 13 games last year. He hit that line. So that, <laughs> so that gives you the confidence. Me. He's, I think yeah. he's the type of big back-like... Um, like Derek Henry, who can be relied on to sort of bulldoze his way through. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they do that. If he if he goes for for sort of twelve hundred yards, on yeah. Season. Brilliant. And uh, so you say potentially playoffs. Are you thinking wild card bow out? That's kind of where I'm looking. 
Yeah, I mean they'll end up with a with a trip to. I mean, if they, if they're going in as sixth or seventh seed, they'll end up with Bay. a trip to either yeah Green Bay or Tampa Bay. You know, potentially Philadelphia, maybe, but probably one of those two, and or the Rams. And I, you just can't see them overturning one of those three teams, really. Um, no. You know, you never know. You never know. I, I don't think Tampa's as strong as I it mean, was yeah. last year, but but yeah, I think I think yeah, they they are going to be a one and done. I think. Yeah, I mean, I said that about the Bengals last year, and look where they are now. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, let's move on to the team that was third in the NFC North last season, the Chicago Bears. Steve, tell us about whether or not the Bears have reason for optimism this year. Oh, the Bears. The Bears, the Bears, the Bears. I mean, and you, that's it. You, finish. Good segment. Yeah, I mean, we could probably just cut it there, to be honest. Like, I mean, the thing is, the, the Bears looked like a dead team walking last year. They um obviously they they gave up the the um the the future to get Justin Fields. Whether or not you think he's the guy is irrelevant, but they've they have got who they believe is their quarterback. And now they fired their head coach and their GM, which a lot of people thought was coming anyway. You know, Ryan Pace is, is out the door. Um and 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 a lot of people thought he was gonna be out the door anyway, but they still let him take control of that draft and send two picks to New York in order to trade up and draft it in fields. Anyway, I mean, you know, when you're in that situation, when you are a team like Chicago, who's had to draft up to take a quarterback like that, you need to make sure that you've got enough young talent to start surrounding that guy with, because they didn't have a first round pick this year because they traded away last year. Um, so they don't have the chance to, to get a first round sort of difference maker as most teams would. Um, so the Chicago team, it feels like they've regressed, if that's even possible. Um, you know, it, the, Chicago is, is is one of these teams in the league that's going to be going through a bit of a rebuild. But it feels like Chicago's been going through a rebuild for years. It feels like they're just in a never-ending rebuild spiral. Um, lots of change in Chicago this year, lots of change. Obviously, Matt Nagy is gone. They finally put him out of his misery. The Nagy era is over. Um um, and they've now got the Colts DC or ex-Colts DC, shall I say, Matt Eberflus. Um, whether or not you think that's a good move with uh, Justin Fields as the, as the sort of um, as the quarterback and him needing some direction is interesting. They picked up a defensive guy rather than offensive mind. I don't necessarily think that, that that has to be the way you go, but I thought that that would have been um, what they would have, what the route they would have gone down with. With it seems a, very typical mind. Bears. It seems very yeah. traditional Bears, doesn't it? Be defensive yeah, love... first. It's probably something of which exactly. you know soothed the the old fashioned fan. I think in Chicago, exactly. and it's also they... where their strength currently is. They love defense in Chicago. They always have. You know, everyone's talks about that. That. Um, defense back in the day that was was legendary and i think they're constantly trying to replicate that um but away from that and on the defense you know they lost khalil mack that's a big loss traded away to the Chargers. we've already spoken about the Chargers this year so i think that will be a big loss for the um for the bears um and i think it's all eyes are going to be on um luke Geski and how he's obviously the quarter was the quarterback coach in green bay he comes in as their new offensive coordinator is he going to be the guy that the, the quarterback whisperer shall we say if he's had time with aaron Rodgers, you know can he be the guy to unlock justin fields but you look at that depth chart in 
uh, in Chicago. And I think what worries me if I'm a Chicago fan is that offensive line. The line just doesn't fill me with confidence. Um, mm. You know, Riley Reef is their starting right tackle and he's been around for an awful long time and can't be relied upon to give you a full season anymore. Um, and I mean, you look at their weapons, you know, David Montgomery is a decent enough running back, but I don't think he's anywhere near the top in the league. Um, their wide receiver room at the moment consists of Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle and Velas Jones Jr. Mm. They also traded for Nikhil uh, Harry, who is now on IR. So he is not going to be in the first four games. So you look at this Chicago offense, and I just, I just, I struggle to see where the production's coming from. They they picked up Leatherwood, who Alex Leatherwood, who was cut by Vegas in a, in a weird move. I think it was a bit of a reach when they picked him anyway. But first round pick last one year. One of Mike Mayock's already... famous ones. That's a Mike yeah. Mayock famous pick. That one. Exactly. Yeah, and they've so they've taken a flyer on him and they've added him to the roster, which I think could be an interesting, interesting move. You know, sometimes these guys just need a change of scenery. Um, and so that you know that's some bolstering up of that uh, offensive line, but you struggle to find things to say about the Bears that doesn't make you think you know Christ, this is a, a team that's going to struggle this year. Um, you know, I think that they've got some pieces on defense, but they 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 remind me an awful lot. We spoke um, uh, we spoke a couple of weeks back about teams like. Uh, teams like Washington, teams like uh, the Giants, teams like um, Atlanta as well, perhaps more so. Teams that you just you look at the roster and you look at the schedule and you think, I'm just not really too sure where this season goes for you. Where where do you get any sort of confidence from it? And it wouldn't surprise me if they are there or thereabouts in that first round, uh, first pick overall. They're going to be up there in the top five, I think. Um, yeah. Come come April next year. Yeah, um, I, to be honest with you, I don't think that we'll dwell on this too much. Like we said, the the bottom of the NFC North is definitely, you, you know, it's definitely not one of which moves the needle a lot in terms of conversation pieces in any case. But um, I've got one question for you, really. When I look at, you know, when I look at the Bears roster here, is there a bona fide star in that Bears squad? It's a good question, isn't it? Because you look at the depth chart and you think, who is the like, who who's is the, the standout guy? guy? Yeah, who's the if if you're a Bears fan, take Justin Fields out of it. I know potentially you can't say that, but take Justin Fields out of it. Who do you get on the back of your jersey? Who's the yeah. guy that you get on the back of your jersey? You know, maybe Montgomery, maybe. Um, I'm wondering how many Mooney jerseys are being bought in the UK right now. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, that'd be a good bit maybe. of research actually. Cole Komet, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's there's there one we got go. there. We, we got there. Yes. That's one that you'd wear. Rescued it for you, Bears fans. We rescued it. Season <laughs> season saved. But I mean, before look, we move on from the Bears, though, I think you've got to look at their, their schedule. Um, well, schedule. I was just really about to do that. Let me, yeah, let me, uh, let me stop you there for a second. We'll run through the predictor game here. So um, I'll, I'll do win total with you as we go along. Okay. The line six okay. and a half. I think we're both going well under on that one. Yeah. Um, fields under over three thousand three hundred and fifty passing yards. I mean, under is a very low amount of yards. That's like what two hundred a game or something under. Like it's it's yeah. not much at all. Um, I'd say it goes over just because it's really difficult to start seventeen games and not get that. Um, like you say, so that still he throwing to? Is he throwing to fans towards the but, end of the season? <laughs> uh, no, I'd I'd still say over. I think it's very difficult to get underneath that. 
Fair enough. And then the last the last one here, which I've got as a best bet, is a team with the fewest wins. That's as low as nine to one, apparently. Yeah, I mean, there's a few that are going to be contending for fewest wins this season. They'll win games, as we've said many a times. It's really difficult to go all in seventeen or all in sixteen, as it was in the NFL. Yeah, but they will win games. Talk but... to you sure? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. you know, they they play they play Houston, they play the Giants, they play. Um, yeah, Washington, say well, let's go through let's go through the schedule because you've been itching to, I think, for the last uh, ten minutes or so. So just hit, just just stop me when you hear a win. All right. Yeah. San Francisco at home, no. away at the Packers, Houston no. at home, Giants away, no, Vikings away, no, Washington at home in prime time, no. The Patriots away in prime time. No. Dallas away. No. The Dolphins at home. No. The Lions at home. That's a maybe. That's a maybe. That's, that a, that's a maybe because we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So that's the tenth game. So that so they go zero and nine in the book of tough at the moment. Quite possibly. Uh, yes. Away to the Falcons. That's that's a one you put in the diary for a win, I think. Yeah, I, t- I tell you what, they've got a little stretch here: Detroit Falcons away and Jets away. You're going to need probably two of those three to, for it yeah. not to seem like a complete wasted season. Then you got yeah. Green Bay, and then the dreaded Week 14 bye, of which means yeah. that all the wide receivers are dead by this point because they they yeah. have been injured by Week Six. And then a really then difficult Philly, run in. Buffalo. Oh Jesus! Then you got Philly, Buffalo, Detroit away, and then the Vikings at home. Cheers, guys! Yeah, yeah. They finish with two divisional games, and Philadelphia and Buffalo before that. That's there. Yeah, this is a this is a two and fifteen. I think if you, if you're looking at that uh, objectively, I think that's you could easily see that being two and fifteen. Yeah, sorry, uh, Bears fans, if you're listening to this. Uh, part of me hopes that you're not. Just uh, just sit back with a cup of cocoa. Um, promise you, it gets better. It gets better, and then you draft a really questionable quarterback. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's the Browns' way, at least. Um, <laughs> moving swiftly on, shall we? Um, not too far away from Cleveland, actually. Let's go to Detroit. Now, I'm not going to get too much into this, actually, because you know we're, I'm already looking at the club. But realistically, if you want to know about the Detroit Lions this season, just watch Hard Knocks. Right, they are the Cinderella story that the NFL really, really wants you to root for, and yeah. to be honest with you, they do a really good job of it. You know, Aiden Hutchinson has got to be the most, the most beloved draft pick I've seen in a long time, just because of the way in which he's being portrayed on Hard Knocks. Um, you've got, uh, you've got Campbell obviously as the uh, the head coach who wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, cries at a, a, a loss via a field goal, and you know he, you know he's his emotions right there, and it, it, it translates to the players. I feel like Jared Goff has elevated in this Lions team, you know, and kind of looked to carry them on his back, no matter as to you know the, you know the levels of which he has. Um, not too much has really gone on in the summer here because they've had to swallow a lot of dead cap. They are really at the bottom of the digging um with every really really bad rebuild you have to dig right to the bottom of the you know the skeletons in the closet 
Detroit had a lot of them. They are now free of the cap hell. It took them a long time. Um, you know, you look at the players that they tried to fill in the gaps for, you know, Jamie Collins, Trey Flowers, you know, these were these were sticking plasters of which didn't even do the job. Um, you know, they they had a lot of injury issues last year as well, of which they get back, you know, Jeff Akuda, um, Remy Aquara, you know, those are two guys that are plugging straight away. Um, they've they found some really good talent, diamonds in the rough. DeAndre Swift, for example, and Jamal Williams. No one thought that they were going to be, you know, in the world of fantasy. They're, you know, they're really sought after prospects. I can't get near flipping DeAndre Swift for half of my drafts for <laughs> what I believe is his value. You know, there, there, there's a good, there's a good bunch of guys here, and I am far higher on the Lions than I am on the Bears because it just seems to be going in the right trajectory. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I think one thing I will say before we move on from um, Jameson Williams is it does make me laugh how unhappy he looked on draft night when the Lions selected him. He looked so <laughs> miserable when he was holding up that Lions jersey because that was one of the stories of draft night. They traded up out of nowhere from um, from 20 spots, from, from 32 to 12 to take him. So out of yep. nowhere, when a lot of people thought he was going somewhere like Philly, actually, um, and then they traded up so high to get him, and yeah, he looked absolutely miserable. But yeah, I think I mean, a, you're going talent. from Minnesota to Detroit. It's yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So <laughs> I think he's a uh, he's one certainly one to watch. But I think you're you're absolutely right. I think quietly this Lions team have been going about their business, and and actually they've got some really interesting talent. I mean, we just talked about. The, about um, Chicago and their lack of sort of names, if you will. You look at Detroit, you know, straight away, yes, Jared Goff is not the best quarterback in the world. And I, I think there is a, is a ceiling with him. But you look at the people, John, DeAndre Swift, like you said, um, Amon Rasset Brown, um, DJ Sharp, DJ Hawkinson, you know, they've got some really interesting weapons that they're starting to, to sort of put together in Detroit. And I, st- I think they are still a year or two away, but they're definitely getting there. Um, uh, they're definitely getting there. And I think this is going to be, they're, they're definitely not going to be sort of up there in the number one pick territory. I think they're going to be better. I think they'll be finished third in this division. And I think, you know, they'll be sort of five or six wins sort of thing. Um well, there you so go. So, so the line's six and a half, apparently. Mm. Now, now the bet, the betting guys seem to think over. I think they'll be just under. I think they'll be at six. It's going to be, yeah, it'll be tight. I mean, again, we go to the we go to the schedule. They've got yeah, we go line. to the schedule. Let, let's go to the board. <laughs> um, Philly to start, then Washington. You know, Lions, Washington, early doors. That could mm. be a. You know, that could be a steal. Uh, away at Minnesota, then home to Seattle. There's a there's yeah. another one that's uh, contentious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Away at New England, and then you got a buy that you know an early um, buy, which isn't 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 great, but you know you take it. Um, away to Dallas, Miami, Green Bay, then away to Chicago, and away to the Giants. You you you've got to fancy them in both of those because yeah. what Detroit liked to do last year, and I really liked this from Dan Campbell is that they would give up games so that they could go harder at games yeah. that they thought they could win. I reckon that they probably do that when you look at out the bye, Dallas, Miami, Green Bay. They might just give those up in order mm-hmm. to get Chicago and the Giants. Um, then you got Buffalo, then Jacksonville. They'll be all over Jacksonville. Minnesota, yeah. at that point, I reckon they could probably go after Minnesota and make a game of mm-hmm. it. 
Mm -hmm. uh, then you got Jets, Carolina, Chicago before Green Bay. That three-game stretch towards the end as well. I mean, you look at that last six games, Jacksonville, Minnesota, Jets, Carolina, Chicago, Green Bay. You know, you'd think they'd probably lose to Green Bay, but the other five, they're definitely winnable. Definitely. Yeah, um, they're, yeah. they're competitive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, we've got the we've got the Lions competitive in about eight games there. Yeah, maybe maybe seven wins is achievable. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I I won't be putting my uh, I, I won't put in my five p in the meter for that one, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't begrudge anybody who does. Um, right. So I I, I think that we've actually got a uh, a pretty easy board this this time, Steve. It looks like it's going to be just a slight change from last season. Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. From the way in which we're talking there, yep. Bears being very very close to the dreaded first first overall pick yeah i mean could could the could the vikings and the lions be actually closer than we think quite possibly but i think quite in this possibly. division you've definitely got you've got a, a winner you've got a loser and i think the two in the middle perhaps the vikings are better than i'm giving them credit for and perhaps the the, the lions are still a bit further away than we're also making out but yeah i think i'd absolutely agree with that summary you, you flip-flop the bears and the lions around from last year yeah, and, uh, I think, I, I think there might there. still be a bit too much hard knocks credence. You know, I, I think yes. that every, every every team that gets a hard knocks bump gets an extra win added to um, whatever their line is. Five and a half is probably the right line. Six yeah. is probably the right sort of setting. Um, yeah. But you watch, I'll end up being completely wrong and I'll win three games this year. Because there's, at least, <laughs> because there's at least one that completely screws me up when I do my Aki, but uh, that's for the that's for the betting pad, I think. Right, Steve, we're going to bow out now because we'll be record with a bit of podcast magic. We'll be recording another one, which will go out in a couple of uh, days' time after this. So uh, today we're recording on the Thursday. You'll get this on Thursday night if you're listening right now. Then you will get the NFC West podcast on Friday. Uh, if you're listening to us on Friday, then maybe you'll actually be uh, listening to the NFC West one directly afterwards if you've got an incredibly long trip back from work. So uh, mm. thanks for listening to us. Um, uh, just a, one little bit of uh, ground, groundskeeping more than anything else. Uh, do buy our season guide. I do rant on about it, but that's just because of just how much love has gone into the damn thing. 160-odd uh, pages, over 30 different people have... Uh, have, have put their blood, sweat and tears into it. Uh, I'm currently holding a, a printed copy right now. There's five of these left. There weren't supposed to be five, but the printers were incredibly generous and gave us an extra five. And uh, I would very much like them to see homes rather than the bottom of my bed, um, mm. underneath my bed even. So, uh, yes, please don't let them collect with dust. Uh, use the code 410 on the uh, shop at full 10 yards.co.uk slash guides you'll get 10 percent off either the printed or the digital guide the digital guide will keep on there forever the printed guides is until i can get the five out of my house because i do not want them in my house i'm moving soon and i don't want them coming with me so save the guides and have them in your house instead steve thank you very much mate i will speak to you tomorrow slash tonight podcast magic <laughs> but uh until then, thank you very much, and that was the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast.